Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast, where I am going to take you into a deep exploration of what it means to exist in this current reality. We are going to raise your vibes, open your mind, expand your heart, and dive deep into the wondrous mysteries and possibilities of this lifetime. There's been a spiritual catalyst that has set in motion the awakening process of many across the globe to return to the knowingness of self and unite what has been separated. Together, we're going to bring light into that darkness. We're going to remember the joy of living. But most of all, we're going to turn up the volume of our own eternal power and do the thing we're here to do. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. I am happy to have a brand new guest joining me today. Her name is Jeanette Biro, and she is a cosmic channeler, spirit medium, educator, author, and motivational speaker. And she's helping others to access the spirit dimension for a more purpose-filled life here on Earth. Jeanette, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me here. I am so happy to have you on the show, and I think we have some really interesting topics to talk about with the audience today. I think they're going to love your story and some of the things that you've discovered through your experiences, so why don't we jump right into it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, as you said in your lovely intro there, um, I am a medium, and so I regularly connect with spirit my day there isn't a day that goes by really that i'm not communicating with either my guides or angels or light beings whatever we wish to call them um it's a very normal part of my day it's something that i you know retrospectively because retrospect is such a great teacher right there's so much clarity in retrospect there is. Um, it's something i've always had in different forms that kind of grew and expanded as i grew up but it was really, for me, a journey of taking the fear out of it, because to me, it was very scary at first, um, and really embracing it for what it is. And so I have spent the last almost decade and a half as a practicing medium, bringing through messages, and I love it. I, I'm so grateful every day for having that connection, because the stories I get to hear and share are fantastic. Now, I say all of that because I had a great foundational awareness of spirit and death and crossing over and all of that throughout those communications. But it became even more clear, even more heightened, even more real to me when I had my near-death experience in August 2019. It's like it took what I already thought I knew mm. and like just amplified it even more. There's the visions that I get as a medium or the connections I get as a medium is like me looking out a window or having a conversation about someone's story, whereas my near-death experience was me literally being there. And that is something that's so different. And we could say it to anybody, right? Like we talk about, I could tell you all about, um, I don't know, say Japan. I could say, okay, the food is like this and the sounds are like this and here's the pictures and here's all of this. But until you actually put your feet there, on the soil, feeling the feelings, it's totally different. And so for me, 
that's really what my near-death experience was for me. It just, it was so much more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you speaking to, there's so much that we learn through our own journey and through our own experiences. And I think experience is our greatest teacher. And so when Mm -hmm. you, you have your NDE and you feel like you're literally in it now, it's not just you looking through the window, like, as you said, it's you being in the moment of it actually in the movie, so to speak, versus the, uh, watching it. And, One of the things that we'll get into uh, uh, later on in the show that is so fascinating to me, and I think it's so important for everyone to hear this information, is when you accessed the blueprint of your life, you know, like the blueprint of your destiny and this idea that you can actually make changes to that blueprint. And that is something that I think, you know, destiny is such a, oh, it's such a... Oh, I don't know. It's it. I think it's a misperceived word because destiny in some ways may feel like it's everything set in stone and there's nothing you can do about it. But we also know that we live in a free will universe and our free will choice is still very much active in this lifetime that we're living right now. So before we get into the discussion about the blueprint, because I'm very interested in all mm-hmm. of that, and how what you were able to see when you looked at your own blueprint. Why don't you take us through what happened in 2019 mm-hmm, that led up to your NDE? Yeah, so it was a series of series of events. So I, ever since the age of 17, had struggles with my monthly cycle. So like I would hemorrhage every month and it just got exponentially worse, especially after I had my children too. So I say that because that was a big reason as to why I found myself in the experience of the NDE, because it was during a routine surgery to help me kind of mend that physical issue. And leading up to it, again, retrospectively, there was a series of events where spirit was basically kind of showing me I was approaching a juncture point, which is what they kind of called it, like an exit point. But I couldn't figure out that it was about me. I kept scanning everybody else in my life thinking, Who's passing? Who's, you know, who's going to be crossing over? And so when I finally got to the experience of my surgery, I remember even like the night before my mom looked at me and she's been a nurse for many, many years on a surgical ward. And she's like, there is no way I would do surgery on you. You look horrible. Like not just physically, but everything. My energy was drained. I was so sickly by that point. And I remember all I wanted was just to get it done. I didn't want to hear what anybody else had to say. I just wanted to get it done. And so it was interesting that when they wheeled me into the OR, uh, the doctor was in there and they had music on and stuff too, which to me was so funny. And they had music on and and the doctor's like, so we're going to get the gas man in here to knock you out, right? She was being pretty comical, which was great. And I remember... When I laid down and saw him coming towards me, I remember this feeling of excitement. And I've had surgery before and I'm not usually excited, you know, and I had this feeling of excitement. And and when he put the mask on and said to count down, I felt like a kid on the verge of going down a water slide or like a roller coaster, more of like a water slide. But you know, when you're waiting for the lifeguard to give you the go ahead and you're sitting there and you're anticipating, Mm, it felt like that, which was like remarkably different than any other time I've had surgery. And so when I went under, 
um, I found myself, my grandmother came and got me actually, who's passed on. And I found myself on the other side and I knew instantly where I was. There was no questioning, is this an astral travel? Is this a vision? I knew exactly where I was. And I landed in this place of walking on this beautiful green grass. And this grass was like the greenest, luscious grass ever. And I was walking so upright, but I could zero in on the specificity of each blade if I wanted to. And as I was walking, I remember, and I say this to everyone, I noticed the sky was so blue. Like it was so summer blue. Um, but more vibrant and everything in that realm or heaven or the other side was so vibrant. And I found myself at this beautiful reunion of souls. It was like a barbecue picnic type thing. I could see the tablecloths, like the checkered tablecloths. There was food on there. And I remember everyone welcoming me back. And I knew where I was. There was no part of me kind of as a soul being like, where am I? What's going on? It's like I had full knowing. And it was just pure joy. Joy and bliss are the best words that I can explain the other side. And it's not joy or bliss in excess. It's just a blissful state of harmony. And so I spent what felt like to me hours, hours there with these reunions, stories, talking to people from lifetimes before, but I knew exactly who they were. And it's like, we just picked up where we left off. And it was like, what have you been doing? And what have you been doing? And it was just this like most perfect, beautiful family reunion that I got to spend hours there before I went to that room of the blueprint. So it was this beautiful, welcoming home. Like it felt like home. It was amazing. When you saw all of these people who, not just from this lifetime have passed on, but all different kinds of lifetimes that you had, were they specifically lifetimes on earth or were they from other lifetimes beyond this planet? It was all of them. Like every which way, every which direction, if you could put it that way. Oh, did you have like different kind of beings there then? It weren't just human-esque? Be well, or were they more of like an energy? Like what was it like? See, and this is the hardest thing to put into words because it doesn't make sense to our human minds, right? Because we mm -hmm. want to quantify it as something or qualify it as something, right? And, and so <clears throat> when I looked at, when I reflected on myself, I looked as I do now there. I felt exactly like this person there. And everyone that I met, I remember like hugging them. So there was arms and legs and bodies, right? To hug. Um, but it didn't matter the frequency of them. So it's like, yes, they were all human, but yes, they were also who they truly are as light beings, as source energy, but it didn't matter. So it was all of that, if that mm -hmm. kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. you are you are accessing a very multi-dimensional experience. So here we're not used to that as much. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just wow. fantastic. It was, I mean, and I've had people say like, you know, do you tire talking about this? And I 100% don't because every time I get to relive the energy of it, which again, mm -hmm. is something so hard to put into words. It just was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're having this beautiful reunion. Your grandmother's there with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so what happens next? So after what felt like hours there and my whole experience on the other side during my surgery was about 20 minutes of human earth time, but I felt I felt spent hours just in that part. So the whole, my whole experience on the other side felt like about 24 hours. 
Um, but after spending like a whole day into the evening there in reunion, then my grandmother brought me to kind of um, this area that was at like the farthest reaches of the universe, like where the universe is creating itself, like the edge of the universe into this white room with this giant white boardroom table. And outside the windows, you could see galaxies, but like in creation. So I remember thinking or knowing that it was, again, the edge of the universe where it is being created for whatever that meant. Uh, and so I remember we're sitting at or standing around this table and I had my council with me and my grandmother and a couple others that were not council necessarily. But then they rolled out these blueprints. And I remembered looking at them when they rolled it out and kind of almost laughing to myself because I was like, they actually look like blueprints on earth. Like this is what our blueprints look like. And this is like a soul blueprint. And spirit had always mentioned to me that our soul design for lifetimes was like a tapestry. Right? That's how my guides always explained it. So if this was of my creation, I would have expected to see a tapestry, right? But it was rolled out as a blueprint. And so when my main council guide rolled it out, it was all blue and there was this iridescent line down the center of it horizontally and it was pulsing, which meant there was still life force connected to it. And what we did is we reviewed everything I had done in my life up until that point of where we were in that room. And they said at that point, they're like, now you need to know that because you've reached this point, you can stay if you want. And I remember being like, oh, I can stay. But no part of me wanted to. And it was like this instant knowing of like, no, I definitely want to go back. And it wasn't like I had to bargain with them or plead with them. It was just completely up to me. And so I, I remember saying like, yeah, I want to go back. I've got my family and kids and stuff I want to do. And so they said, okay, if you're going to go back, then you have the opportunity to change out some things in the remainder of your life path. And so I was like, really? And so my recollection of it is I have about this much left, like six inches on my page, but I don't know how much I can't see. Cause in my memory, my guide is blocking how far or like how much I already lived. So I don't know if I already lived a foot worth, right. Or two feet. I don't know what six inches means, but it's about that much left. And so in that they said, you can change out different juncture points or designs to fit where you're going now. And so that's when I really had this clear understanding of how we truly do design our blueprint of our life, our destiny points. And that free will is really what we do when we navigate the happenings, right? Free will is the human part of reactions and choices based on the design. So it's almost like us down here living out, not being, having this like a near death experience where you actually get to go into like this room that is the edge of the universe where mm -hmm. all creation is, is taking place and that we're accessing the, it's almost like our higher self is standing in the room, like at the edge of the universe and is looking over the blueprint and we're choosing, okay, yeah, I want to change this. And uh, no, we're not going to do that anymore. And we can actually do that through our own personal choices. Mm -hmm. We can the more we pay attention to our repeated cycles and patterns, the more we can actually consciously shift them as a human. But we just have to be aware of that because that's kind of what I was given the opportunity to understand there is when they said, you can change out things now, again, from the soul perspective, uh, for what I want as the human me coming back. So they said, 
um, so the first one, it looked like a fuse, right? So it's like it pulled out this thing that looked like a fuse in a fuse box. And the first one was um, chronic health issues. I had tons of chronic health issues always. And they said, this is no longer a part of your journey if you wish to change it. And so I remember taking it and being like, really? Like, I almost thought, like, there's no way. And I pulled it out. I'm like, are you sure? And so I put it down and then put in a new one of health, right? And so they said, you can do this for several things. You can redesign now with us what you're going to do going back. And they said, you will remember the first one, but you won't remember the other ones. They will come to be in a series of events and you'll know at the time when they happen, but we're not going to give you conscious memory of them all but we will this first one. And it was interesting that they did with that first one because when I recalled this whole experience, I didn't believe it. Because again, I was known as the chronically ill one. It was like, she's not sick. She's always sick. There's always something. So I was like, sure, sure. Mm. But my life in the last um, couple of years since then has been drastically different than how it ever was before. So it was valid to me that I literally pulled out that soul's journey through illness I didn't need it anymore. And so it was after that that they said to me again, they're like, are you sure you want to go back? I was like, yeah, I really am sure I want to go back. And I remember my sole perspective of how valuable human life was, was so great. And I was like, I would not give up what I've already accomplished because I can really take that to the next level of soul's expression journey and all that. And so they said to me, um, if I did choose to go, or stay, sorry, if I chose to stay on that side, that it would be as simple as them flicking a switch and I would have a heart attack on the table and they wouldn't revive me. And then that was my exit out. And I was like, no, I want to go back. And that was the whole point of me being weakened so much prior to my surgery was so I was in such a weakened state. It was a simple flick of an energetic switch in a sense, and I would be out. And so, yeah, then I was like, no, I want to go back. And then within the same amount of time, uh, I heard the nurse in the recovery room say, Jeanette, are you awake? And normally when I wake up from surgery, I'm a groggy mess. And uh, she said that my higher self came in through me so clear, had my eyes closed still. And I said to her, I need you to write something down. And the nurse stopped what she was doing. And I could hear this all really clear. And I could hear my higher self speaking through me. It's like, I need you to write down these four things. And then I need you to fold it up and put it in my hand. And so I told her these four kind of key phrases that wouldn't really make sense to anybody else, but they were so that when I was not under medicated, like under medication pain meds, I could go back and read it and it would all be there. And so it was exactly that. She wrote it down, folded up, I held onto it, gave it to my mom after they wheeled me into recovery. And then it was after a day or so when I had no pain meds in me, I went there like, it's time, go find the paper. I read the paper. And those key phrases brought the whole experience back and I started writing and that's when I wrote my book. Of it what all. were what were some of the key phrases? Well, I have the thing here. I have it. Um, so I keep it on my desk. So the first one was Great Baba. So my grandma is a Baba. She's Ukrainian. Okay. Um, so that was one of them. Tree Roots was another one, which was mm-hmm. my connection to all things. Time to entwine and that I went far. And those, so again, to other people, it's like, well, I don't get it. But yeah, for me, yeah. they were clear memory downloads of the different phases of things that happened. 
And it was like, as soon as I read that, it just like poured out of me. And I I remember I was at my parents' place, actually. My husband had the kids while I was recovering. I remember I walked downstairs. I was like, guys, I got to tell you a story. And we sat in the backyard and I just told them. My mom even has a picture of it. And I told them the whole story. And they were just like, wow. And so I say that too, because when I, when they asked me that second time, if I wanted to come back and I said, yes, I did. We kind of made a deal that I would then step up and share my story, share what I do, not hold back for fear of judgment or, you know, like the thing of, oh, you're medium. Oh, sure. 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 Right. I was already doing this for a long time, but it was all by word of mouth. I was busy, but it was all word of mouth. And it was a willingness to really step up and create a platform. And that's why after that, I wrote my book, started my podcast, created Avalon Spirit. And now we are just running with helping people find avenues to stories and experiences so that they too can find their journey. Mm. So that's why it was so, that was such a significant pivot point for me was because of my willingness to choose to do more rather than just stay in heaven, which, oh my gosh, is just so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> truly. So, and this is interesting because I think one of the things that a lot of people suffer from that who are, uh, they tend to feel a lot more. They know they're not from here originally. Like they, they sense that there's more to what this reality actually is, Mm -hmm. is the difficulty of being here. And like, why is it so hard? And, oh, why do I have this earth experience? You know, Mm -hmm. like it's just, it's too much. And I think to know like, People, and, and I think, you know, with this whole talk of ascension and, and everything that there's this idea of like, yeah, I want to graduate and get the F out of Dodge basically. Right. You know, yeah. and I think there's also when I kind of sit with the energies and I kind of sit with my own desires of what I want to create in this lifetime and what what imprint I want to leave behind. It's like, no, I, there's so much we can do. Like there's so still much I want to do mm-hmm. that I know that I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, oh, well, if I start all over again, I kind of have to start from scratch and I got to relearn everything. And that's the beauty of, I think, us now living in times where our lives are extended. We're in a, in a time of where information is now allowing us to be more conscious with our health choices and how we treat our body and the healing process is becoming much more developed in an alternative way that allows us to access it from a more holistic point of view. And so we're actually able to go further than we may have been in previous lifetimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, I want to speak to that very valid statement of how people are feeling like I want to get out of Dodge, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I So yes, I had this blissful experience and yes, it seems like I've got it figured out here now, right? But I got to say, there was a time of transition of remembering the feeling of being there and the harmony and the bliss, like I was saying, and then being back in human land, like after a couple days, it was heavy and it was a lot going on and it was like the human experience is dense. It is very dense. It is burdensome. We come here to learn through experience. Most of the time, those those experiences are challenging to force us to go into who we are. So even having been there and then coming back was still a big adjustment for me of like, why did I choose to come back? I had some of those days where I was like, why did I choose to come back to this, to this? Like, 
I experienced that. Why would I be here? But every time I had to consciously remember, I chose to come back for a reason. Just the same as we are all here for a reason to make the most of like what you're saying, our experience is here to gain, to grow, to gain that wisdom, which can only really come from experiencing it and transcending it and growing because of it. And so it's something that I think we all have to consciously remember and keep in the forefront of our mind as we are awakening, because awakening does pull us to higher consciousness, but all of earth isn't there yet. And so we have to be able to remember that to make it uh, tolerable or joyful, even in being here. So was there anything within your blueprint that you remember that wasn't in the last six inches, but maybe before that, that you saw like within that blueprint that you had chosen that you were like, okay, um, maybe I would remove that now. Like, or I, maybe I would think differently. Like, was there anything specific that ever stood out to you in the blueprint? Like from what you've already done that you're like, wow, I, really chose that or, or I know I've learned from that was, did anything really stand out to you? Yeah. Like you mean prior to seeing it? Like, yeah. So there's definitely some things that knowing what I know now and who I feel I understand I am now, I would not have made those choices, but mm -hmm. those choices led me to the to... understandings and the compassion that I can have now because yes. of them. So then at the same right, although I wouldn't choose to do it again, I also, see the value of what they taught me. And there's so much in that. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, and I've been talking about this a lot with my audience and within my alchemy group, that we are here to grow and learn more about ourselves, as you, as you said. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we learn through challenges and challenging experiences, often very traumatic at times. And those experiences are sometimes part of the journey to get to the big dream that we have for ourselves that we want to unlock. And in order to get to that gateway, the death, I should say the journey the is, is very much different than the actual destination frequency that we see within our dream. Mm -hmm. And we sometimes may misinterpret challenging situations as, oh, I'm on the wrong path or I'm doing the wrong thing. But in fact, you need to go through that in order to get to that higher frequency or potential of the dream that you see for yourself in the future. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I always think that challenging situations, tower moments, if we reference tower cards from tarot, <laughs> tower moments are opportunities for us, for us to ask ourselves, who am I now? because this happened and who am I going to be in my next step, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's times for us to reevaluate. And the more we embrace that instead of judging it, even if it's a, like an, Oh shit moment, part of my language, but like, if we're having a moment, we're like, Oh my God, like what? It's more like, no, notice what happened. How do you feel about that happening? Do you want to repeat that or not? And if not, what do you want it to be now? Cause now you have the power to know maybe what you don't want. Right. And there's value in that. There's so much value. I had a beautiful conversation with a client the other day and uh, this client was saying that they used to be a bad person in their mind, but they're like, but I'm a good person now. So I teach my kids don't do like I did, but be what I can, you know, be a reflection of who I am now. Take my lessons. And I love that because they're not saying I'm shameful, bad me. 
They're saying, look how much I've grown, right? And I think if we can all adopt the growth pattern versus the shame and judgment pattern, then we can kind of actually even grow faster because we're not getting hung up by shame and judgment. We're actually just seeing the growth. Yeah. And I think also part of this whole journey is about um, reintroducing all the parts of ourselves we've rejected along the way because yes. they've either been painful or we're ashamed uh, or we feel guilty for whatever uh, we've gone through or experienced. Mm -hmm. And truly it's about embracing all of the parts of us, all of our journey and bringing it back home into one place. Because mm -hmm. if we want to experience this feeling or sense of being home, right? That a lot of us I, I'm sure you had that sense of feeling home when you on your when you're mm -hmm. on the other side. And Absolutely. I've had that experience in one or two of my meditations where they I've been brought out of my body and I'm just experiencing myself as my purest form of energy. And that is where I embraced all of me. There wasn't anything I wanted to reject. There wasn't anything that I thought was wrong or wanted to change. And when we get to that point, that is the pure definition of unconditional love. And we can't reach that and experience that in its entirety with our relationships, with the people around us, in our circumstances, until we embrace all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, even as I reflect right now on my memory of being with my guides, reviewing everything I'd done up to that point, there was never a sensation of judgment or shame from them. There was no, as we picked it apart, went through it, there was no moment of, well, look what you did here. It was all about supporting, look at everything you've accomplished to be at this point now. Yeah. Right? That was it. There, there was nothing but that unconditional love, like you said. And so it's powerful if we can really conceptualize that for ourselves in this lifetime mm -hmm. and then move forward from there. Yeah. 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 So this, I love this idea about how we actually, cause I've never thought about it this way, that we actually have multiple exit points in our blueprint that are available to us. Mm -hmm. That blows my mind a little bit. I am, I'm wondering how the audience feels about that, but I just assumed we may have like one major exit point and that we may be able to maybe slow it down or speed it up. But I never thought about this idea where there are actual multiple exit points along our blueprint where we get to choose, like, is it now or no, I'm staying longer. Can you go more into detail about that and like what you've learned and like maybe in the moment, but also what you've learned since then, just in your own sessions with your clients and your mm -hmm. own individual work? Absolutely. We definitely have multiple exit points. There are some souls for sure that come in and they have one exit point. That's it. There are a majority of them have different ones at different junctures in their lives. Souls that tend to uh, cross over when they're really young, people that die young, often have several in a row in which, say, within a span of six months, there's three or four different potentials that they would take because they're meant to leave young. The reason why we have variability in exit points is because our free will can often dictate certain events. So say we are predestined to get in a car crash on a Monday, but Monday morning, you end up suddenly being sick. You just happen to be sick. It's a physiological thing. You decide not to go for that drive, which would have aligned with that other person, right? Then you avoided that exit point. But if you are meant to be exiting in general in that phase, you may then come across, um, I don't know, say you get hit in the head by a brick that falls off a building on a Friday. 
right? That's a, another opportunity, I'll say, to exit. So we have many of those different options. Now, sometimes you'll have several within a phase because the soul is meant to go within, say, its 33rd year, that soul will be exiting. So there's several options. For others, as in my case, I had an opportunity at that time to exit should I want to. If not, could stay longer. Now, in my experience, I literally got to go to the other side and be a part of it. For other people, though, they may have a potential exit point, say, in their 40s, another one in their 60s, and then they finally have a final one in their 70s. If they choose to take on the next phase of journey, then they'll bypass it. And they may bypass it and have no idea they bypassed it. They just keep going. Whereas if the higher soul decides, no, we need to take this out because they don't have the capacity or the will to go through this next phase, then it'll lead to that exit point. So I always say with clients and everything I've learned from their exit points is we have such a finite ability, even down to the minute sometimes to change a trajectory of an exit point. There've been some clients who literally were coding on the table and then their soul was like, can I have two more weeks? I just want two more weeks to do this. And so then it's like, okay, and they come back and sure enough, within three weeks, they've crossed again, right? So it's so, there's such a mystery between the balance of the free will of the soul, free will of the human, and then the divine destiny blueprint. And they all mingle together depending on the highest good in that moment, which is continually changing. Now, would you also say that the loved ones who are around you can also influence that to some degree in a sense of, you know how you have people who like will stand around their, their member in the hospital and just pray, or, uh, you know, people say, can you please send my mom really good energy? Or, you know, she's in a really tough spot. Do you think that that may play a role in some way that will influence the person who's going through this, whether they or not, they choose to come Mm -hmm. back or stay on the other side? Yeah, I think it definitely can. It absolutely can. I know there are some parts, some points when the soul simply needs to exit. And sometimes too, the body or the vehicle is so damaged, it can't come back. And there isn't enough energy to bring it back. And so those are times where prayer and that isn't going to work and the soul is going to cross over. But I think when we have that surrounding energy of love and, and health and positive thoughts, it absolutely can influence spirit. I've talked to one, one time I remember, um, this person was in a coma and they were as a spirit pondering whether they were actually going to stay or go. And when I talked to them, I said, is there anything we can do? Can our energy help you in staying? And they said, no, this one is entirely up to me. This is really about me deciding. So whether we were there as a vigil or not, wouldn't have made a difference. Whereas others who are trying to hang on, bringing in that energy of standing there and being with them can empower them to come back. Because there's a really interesting thing about the other side. There's a strong pull to that Mm. energy. It is just this purest, most beautiful energy. And anytime before in readings or when I've helped souls cross over, I could never get closer than three steps away from a, like the doorway to the other side. If I got any closer, I would actually repel backwards because I couldn't get closer because you then want to be there. So there's such a pull and it's in that phase of the pull that we can make a difference in helping a soul stay. 
but again, there's no like black and white answer of it. There's just so much variability. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as there is with everything, I guess, you Mm -hmm. know, like everything, there's so many different influences that could take part in the choice and Mm -hmm. the decision. But I, I like that though. I think that's really interesting. So, um, this is so interesting to me. So this idea of choice is so important because I think we've learned to give so much of our power away to different forms of authority, whether they're authoritative figures, authoritative um, mindsets, belief systems, uh, health, you know, like there's so many different things here that we've given a lot of our power away to. But hearing your story, I think kind of opens the door back up to realizing how much power we actually have in our destiny and that we are in constant co-creation with it. Absolutely. My guides say it all the time. We constantly co-create with the universe. We step based on our intention, our actions, and they step. We step, they step. It is a constant co-creation. If we are co-creating bad opportunities and journeys, well, then they'll co-create that if that's what we're creating. But if we're creating goodness, they will co-create that as well. And so when we do really realize the value of our conscious choice, that's when we become these powerful creators. We realize that what we think is this person right now matters to the universe, that we then can start to change our perception of our reality as well and our health and our manifestation. All of that, it comes from the self, knowing the frequency first of self. And then aligning things with that through conscious choice, feeling into what feels aligned for me, what doesn't, which is why blanket statements of everyone should be this or everyone should do this, or even let's just take being vegan. Okay. Everyone should be vegan. If you want to be spiritual, you should be vegan. Well, actually for some people, that's not going to suit them. They are going to be deficient in certain things or maybe where they are in their journey at that time they still do benefit from some sort of animal source. Now, I'm not saying be vegan or don't be vegan. This is not Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. I'm saying Mm -hmm. for some people, there's some very spiritual people who are vegan. There are some very spiritual people who are not vegan, but they are listening to the frequency of themselves as they grow and expand and change. And that's what we need to do with everything is tune into who am I right now? What feels aligned with me in my next step? And if I do that, does that feel right? And then you take the next right one and the next right one versus a blanket statement of I should because I'm told and there I am, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's something that we all can be better at (laughs) when it comes to what we believe is the right path for whatever it might be Mm -hmm. and understanding that there is no right path. There is your path that you're choosing in that moment. And that's all it needs to be. It doesn't need to be right. It doesn't need to be wrong. It's Mm -hmm. your path that you're choosing to experience. And instead of uh, shaming people or guilting people into making choices that you feel are more aligned, uh, it really is just an infringement upon the free will of that each of us has. And it's actually not very spiritual to do that. It's out of alignment with the rules that we're governing ourselves under in this actual uh, lifetime. So mm-hmm. I think it's that's always something to keep in mind. And of course, we're all human. We're all going to like gravitate towards that and we're going to struggle with it. But the more comfortable we become in 
being okay with our choices and not needing to judge them and understanding they're just simply choices we're making in that moment to have an experience that we believe is, you know, part of whatever it is that we need to go through, then it doesn't have to be so polarized. It doesn't have to be right or wrong, um, bad or good, uh, and, and, and spiritual or not spiritual, you know, however way you want to define it. And I think that's something that we learn through this whole process. And I think, having people who are so demanding, like, no, meat is good. And then the other opposite, like, no, like you need to like be kind to the animals. Having those two polarizing narratives and perceptions is allowing us to find that middle ground. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We just have to listen to self and what that is. So, yeah. And I think, you know, I know from my personal experience, anytime I have ever in my life judged something harshly, I think my guides laughed at me because I would always find myself then experiencing the judgment, right? Like if I judged a certain thing, then I would then find myself in that experience of exactly what I judged so that I could learn it from the other perspective, right? Yeah. And so one of those things was like, you know, instead of judging, anytime I catch myself judging now, I try to think, okay, where can I have compassion for what I don't understand, right? Instead of having to experience what I don't necessarily want to experience. Right. And so I think if we start to notice those things in our journey, like either repeated cycles, like I was saying, places where we are triggered or have judgments, places where, you know, something doesn't sit right with us and it bothers us. It's like, well, why does it? And what if you were to discover the why you're going to get to know yourself better, know your frequency better, and then choose more of what aligns with you. And then you're not going to care what other people are doing anyway. Because mm-hmm. you're living in your frequency and you'll harmonize with them for them doing their own thing. So I just think it's just so much about awareness. Yeah, it is about awareness. And then putting that awareness into action. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. living living that awareness. So how how was your husband, like what was his original reaction to you sharing this experience with him? He He's funny. Um, he is so calm and steady and... Um, he was very left-brained when we were married. Now he's a lot more kind of right-brained. I think he just had to by living with me, but, uh, he was just really supportive of it. He didn't, um, he's embraced my story and all of that, but he himself never had a doubt it wouldn't be here. So to him, there was never an energy of worry. There was other people in my life that were worried. I had other people reach out saying, I don't think you should do this. I have a feeling you're not coming back and all this kind of stuff. Whereas he was always just like, yeah, no big deal. And he's just always been this steady um, grounding point for me. I always say like, he's the grounding point while I whirl around and do all these things. Right. So um, he's always been quite steady. He believes a lot in what I do. And I think because there's been so many situations that have proved themselves valid of either me saying, I think this is going to happen and then it does, or, you know, this came through and then it does. So he just, it's just his reality. I don't know. He doesn't get too caught up in it. Yeah, no. And I, and I, and I totally respect that. And I think it's amazing. I'm, I'm of the same kind of, I don't think I could date anyone or be in partnership with anyone who was more into this than me (laughs) because I need someone to kind of bring me back down to earth. Sometimes I need that anchor point. And I, I like, I mean, I, think I like being on this side of the polarity versus being on the more skeptical, more logical side of the polarity Mm -hmm. and having someone who is 
more logical and more grounded uh, is more attractive to me uh, just for like what I know I would need from a partner. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think it's great. I, I, I think, you know, I definitely would not want to date the male version of me. <laughs> right. I hear you. No. It would be for me too. It would be too much. It would just yeah, be, yeah. yeah. Too up here. Needs to have yeah. that balance. So, <laughs> so yeah. okay. You, you had this experience in 2019. Mm-hmm. What, what was it late 2019 or it was August? August. August. Okay. Um, and, oh gosh, wow, that's interesting. We got to talk about something after the show. Okay. Um, so you, this is just pre COVID then this is like nine months out of COVID. So what have your guides shared with you about COVID to this date? So COVID was So I remember when COVID first came in, I had these new guides that stepped up. They call themselves the three guides of the light. I've channeled a ton of their information and they are light consciousness. So they came down somewhat embodied as these kind of outlined figures, but they said, we are not embodied. We're showing you this for your brain to conceptualize. We are a group consciousness, but we are light. So that just means a really high vibratory, high dimension. So they came down and they showed me right away that COVID was in fact a thing. It wasn't false. It was a thing. It was an actual virus, but that COVID was giving us an opportunity for those that were willing to go over what they termed as the waterfall. And it was like, we had to go over the waterfall, willingly free fall into the unknown, churn in the waters below, which was bringing back, you know, things we were avoiding, traumas, whatever, and realize we wouldn't sink or drown and swim to the edge. So that just meant we were willing to free fall, to quiet down, to turn inward and clean out our stuff, stuff that we were just too busy to deal with so that we could get to know who we were. Mm. And that's what 2020 to 2022 really was, was get to know self, get to know the I am. Who are you? Why? Why are you? And that was so that we could then step into moving from the I am into the we are is how they coined it. So once we know who we are, then we can make these beautiful embodied partnerships with others in groups and societies and government in different governing bodies, all of that kind of stuff of higher consciousness. But we can't do that unless we all know who we are or at least start to know who we are. So COVID really made us have to look at self, basically. And it was an opportunity for that on a worldwide scale to also tip uh, not tip, maybe create an avalanche more so of uh, taking off layers that were hiding things. And so we've seen the amount of surfacings of many levels of things. It was all a trigger point for this change to happen because they were saying and have continued to say that from 2020 to 2024 is about 100 years worth of growth in consciousness condensed into four years. And so we're partway through that right now, which is why a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed, but we are growing exponentially in consciousness and will continue to because by 2024 is about real embodied partnerships, the we are stepping up in harmony, working together. So, yeah. I really resonate with that a lot. I think for me personally, one of the things that I needed to look at within myself was the fact that I was becoming too polarized in my beliefs 
and I was not leaving space for other people to have theirs, regardless if I agreed with them or not. Mm -hmm. And I had to look at like, why am I taking such a hard stance? And why am I so adamant about this? And um, needing to find more of that center so that I don't fracture the things that are so beautiful in the relationships already. And I think that's something that we've seen a lot of. There's, there's been a huge fracture within our relationships. But I am starting to see, though, that there are a lot. I, I know that a lot of people have kind of faced this uh, realization where it's not my job to um, have someone see my point of view or look at things differently. It's just my job to be me and... And that's it. It's just my job to be me and to allow everyone else to be themselves, you know, and that's that allowance part. And I think that I've gotten a similar message too. that the only way for us to be united, like you're saying, like this kind of 2024 is where we get to embody more of that partnership is we had kind of had to go through a serious division in order to come back to a much more serious partnership that is founded on more loving principles and more um, respectful principles of the individual journey. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If we haven't journeyed through it ourselves, we don't know how to support others who are, Mm -hmm. right? And, And then we tend to try and control because they're doing something different than what we think is right. Therefore, we think we should control it to fit in our narrative. But until we can let go of the reins and surrender like you said, imposing our narrative anywhere else, we can't grow together. So yeah, we, we are in the thick of it right now, but there's so many people now that are really recognizing that change in their own lives. And mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about it on your show. There's a lot of people talking about this shift. And so that makes me really excited for where consciousness is going, right? Mm-hmm. And how people are awakening to it on various levels. Not all of it has to be spiritually awoken consciousness, but someone waking up to an ability to think outside the box or hold space for someone else, right? If it's even simply that, that's an awakening in consciousness. Yeah, it is. So what has, what have you, messages have you received about this year, 2022 and kind of what's left because we're about to head into eclipse season. Um, We've got some major eclipses ahead of us, but what have you kind of received message wise about just the energies of 2022 in general and what we can kind of expect. Yeah. So 2022 has been about embodiment of the self. So 2020 to 2022 was getting to know what that was, figuring it out, weeding it out, cleaning out closets of the internal self. And now it's embodying it. So like embodying yourself in how you dress how you act, how you treat your physical vehicle, that is your body, how you want to interact with people, how you want to live your life, how you want to decorate your space, like embodiment, how you want to take everything you've learned and be that. So that's what 2022 is asking us in general. Now, the interesting thing too, is the more we embody though, the more we become open to our intuitive gifts, open to communicating with spirit, communicating with energy. So we're also finding more people are becoming more openly intuitive, um, which then creates more of a harmonic cycle between as above and so below, right? So that's all helping to raise the frequency the more we embody. So that seems to be a big theme. With that, though, we are going to continue to see more deaths in 2022. Those that aren't wanting to stay for the next phase of ascension are leaving. And so we're going to continue to see pockets of this 
happening. I mean, separate from the war, but I'm talking about just pockets of individuals, even in our own lives, we'll see exiting at different points in the year because they have fulfilled their contract or have decided not to stay anymore. So we're going to notice that too. And then lastly, the eclipse season specifically, my guides are saying, as you're mentioning that, that we need to be really open to surprises. The eclipse yeah. season are going to bring surprising turn of events, surprising revelations. But again, if we embody who we are, we don't need to panic from those surprises. We don't need to feel out of control. We can observe them within the steadiness of who we are. Mm-hmm. But again, I keep being shown these like snap events. So there's something. Yeah, I literally just talked about the upcoming solar eclipse um, with my alchemy group and that Uranus is only four degrees off of the solar eclipse where the, new, where the moon and the sun are. And so, of course, you're, there's a major influence here of sudden change, mm-hmm. surprises, um, breakthroughs, breakdowns, like all that kind of stuff. So I am not surprised to hear that. Mm-hmm. The image they show me with what you're saying, they're like, see this as breaking new ground. Mm-hmm. So any of those things, they're like, they're showing me a shovel in dry dirt, how it kind of like fractures the dirt. They're like, but this is breaking new ground for bigger foundations. So to kind of keep that in mind, so we don't get in the, oh no, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. it's not. And I don't feel that. I don't feel like it's an oh no. I really, I, I, I mean, whether we like it or not, most of these things are usually for the betterment of our, ourselves. It just doesn't always feel good in the moment. Um, but I think we've gone through such an interesting breakdown of things over 2020 and 2021 that it makes sense that I feel like 2022 is our breakthrough year mm-hmm. of well, when I say our breakthrough year, I just mean it's a theme in allowing us to almost break free of the things that we've now realized we were attached to or stuck in. And I find what I really loved too about the last two years is that it really highlights how never to take anything for granted. You don't know how much time you have here or when something may be taken away from you, whether Mm -hmm. it's a family member that you love, a freedom that you think you should always have, um, whatever it might be, you just don't know. And to make the most of the time that you have here. And so I kind of feel like in some ways, it's kind of activating that new lease on life energy that I think some people are really embracing this Mm -hmm. year. And I think if you can get out of your own way and get out of all of the different narratives out there um, that you can focus on your own narrative and break free of all that and start just living, living for yourself, living what you want to live. I couldn't agree more. I totally agree with that for sure. Wow. So, okay. Is there, Anything that you would like to bring forth, like in just like at the last maybe five minutes or so, do you want to do, are there any messages you're specifically getting right now um, that you'd like to share with the audience Like your guides are? Yeah, kind of- sure. Um, let me just check here. I'm just going to close my eyes for a second. Let me just see yeah. what they have. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, fair. Cause we were talking about the three guides of the light. They came in really strong. Um, they're saying if people could take away anything from this right now would be the concept of manifestation and putting the time and intent behind your manifestations. 
So they're showing me an image of somebody actually sitting like in prayer or meditation, but it doesn't have to be done in that way. But they're saying, take advantage of the energy right now, especially this energy starting in April, which is like this energy of magic. And they're saying, put it in your pocket and manifest. What is it you want to create in your perspective reality? Because you, when you embrace and embody the energy of creator within, you absolutely are that. So stop waiting for someone else to tell you when is the right time or what is the right thing or how it should be done and start embodying and creating for you because they're saying there's so much um, cosmic, spiritual energy, helpers and spirit, if you will, here helping those that wish to step up and to amplify those intentions. So they're like, yeah, they're showing me, <laughs> they're showing me a map. They're like, tell them to point where they want to go and we'll help them get there right? Like on a map. So if we get more specific with our manifestations, the universe is really here to help us do that. I love that. And you're absolutely right. This Jupiter Neptune um, energy that we're kind of sitting in right now is absolutely magic. It's pure magic. It has so much potential. Of course, there's a shadow side to it too. But um, for those who are ready to initiate this is a total gateway to your mm -hmm. dreams coming true like big dreams like this is where you can actually start implementing the stuff that you've been wanting to do for years you've maybe been putting off but now like it's go time it's like to get off the bench get on the field and start playing the game and i i love that because it just there's so many confirmations that i'm getting um with my alchemy group i have a subscription group um that of people and we've started a 30-day challenge for April 1st. And basically I let everyone choose what they wanted to do for the 30-day challenge, but it had to be around something that would help them be more successful at achieving like a goal or a dream of theirs that would put them in line with it. And everyone that's participating is starting to have like these really cool breakthroughs. And I got this message that Whatever you can do now, you're going to take the imprint of this magical energy and you're going to carry that through and you're going to have some of that fortuitous energy that you may not have if you were to start, you know, outside of this energy thing. It doesn't mean you can't do it or all that, but there's just, there's a little extra help, you know, that you can kind of carry an imprint into whatever you're starting now. Absolutely. That's so yeah. bang on. So I love that. And that's coming from two different angles, right? Like that's yeah. what you get. That's what the guides are bringing through. Whenever we see that happen, like that's magic right there. And we really mm -hmm. should take advantage of it. So I think that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And for everyone who's listening, um, we're going to do another 30 day challenge starting in May because everyone in the alchemy group is like, we want to do another one. Like we are loving this one. So if you missed out, you can join and we can start another, we're going to start another one for May 1st. But I have had so much fun ch chatting with you, Jeanette. If, would you like to just maybe um, leave the audience with your own like last message uh, of, I guess when it comes to destiny and your own blueprint, what, was, what would be the final thing you'd like to leave with the audience on that? Mm, love that. Okay, so I would say remember that your life here has specific destiny points. So you're here for certain reasons. So if you don't know what those are yet, look to the patterns in your life. If you still don't know what that is, look to the passion within you. What is calling you? Those are destiny points. Now your free will, which is equally as strong as a human being, part of like the contract of being human is having free will. You get to choose how you maneuver that. 
When you take those two pieces together and match them, you get wholeness. And if you can do that and create that wholeness for yourself, you are an unstoppable force. That means you are listening to the cues of your destiny points and you are using your free will of choice to maneuver how you get there, bypass them, mend them, heal them, whatever that is. If you grab that as wholeness, you can make this lifetime so impactful. And if I could leave anyone with one last thing is that the value of that is so great. Like I said, when I remember my perspective of the soul and how much I valued my human existence and wanted to come back, it's like, don't waste your time here. It doesn't mean you have to do all everything. You have to work your buns off here. It's not about that, but it's be fulfilled. Find the things that fulfill you and follow that because that's what matters when you cross over. Just live with intention. Yeah, I, I love that. What a beautiful final message. What have you got going on, Jeanette, that my audience can um, be aware of? Like, do you like and what what services are you offering? Like, please use this time to just let my audience know what you're doing. If um, there's anything that they can be part of and where they can find you. Yeah, thank you. Um, so you guys can check out AvalonSpirit.com. And on there, I have a Lightworker Mentorship Level 1 and 2, which is basically I teach people how to open up their gifts and abilities. I basically say, I have done this journey many times, so I'll help you pack your metaphorical spiritual backpack of how to communicate with spirit so you can go off on your journey. Right? So we go over all the different tools of how to tune in, how to interpret, how to discern messages, all of that. So that's one thing. Another is uh, once a month, I do a cosmic consciousness circle, which is where I dive into the higher realms and bring through higher consciousness information, whether that be specific beings will highlight to understanding the consciousness of light or the consciousness of water or, you know, timelines, how do timelines work? What are parallel realities? Like bigger stuff. So I do that. And then lastly is my podcast the Jeanette Byra podcast, which I would love to have you on as well, Nicole. Oh, I would uh, love to. Yeah, yeah, it would be great. Um, and so people can see that on all normal platforms or on my YouTube, which is just Jeanette Byra Medium. So perfect. And I'm on well, Instagram and Facebook and well, as always, everyone, all of the links to everything that Jeanette has just shared with you will be in the show notes and below this YouTube video. Jeanette, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been such a pleasure to hear your story and everything that you have learned along the way. I think you shared some beautiful wisdom here with the audience that I think will really kind of allow them to tap into more of what they're able to access here right now and why maybe they should start accessing it. And also putting a little bit more power into the individual, which I think is always beautiful. So thank you so much. And thank you to the audience. Guys, I love you so much. Stay in your light and I'll be back with you guys next week. Thanks again for joining me for another show on the Enlighten Up podcast. I love you guys so much for all of your continued support. So remember to raise your vibe, find your tribe and be open to the infinite possibilities held in the mysteries that surround us all. Thanks again for sharing the show with your family and friends. And if you're new to the show and you need to find out more information about me, please head on over to my website, NicoleFrolic.com, where you can join my newsletter. And please follow me on Instagram, Telegram, and YouTube. Keep your light bright and I'll see you next week.